every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Dinner Podcast. It's your boy, Keem, and... Oh. Yeah, bro, you got to introduce yourself. <laughs> Chuck. There you My go. That's going to be a new thing that we do because we realized after 30 episodes, this is episode 30, we have not really introduced ourselves uh, a lot. And uh, yeah, so we're going to start doing that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, everybody who's listening at home. Uh, real quick, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody who actually does listen. Um, I checked our numbers on uh, Anchor, bro, and we're actually, we are we passed 1,000 uh, listens. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. fantastic. That's pretty, pretty cool. Everybody wondering who that who that lovely voice is. We have our friend oh. Hope. <laughs> little in the house hello oh, we want to we want to it's all good <laughs> we want to welcome you to the podcast is, is this your first podcast this is my first podcast ever oh nice you want to come up on that microphone a little bit yeah there you go this is my first podcast perfect ever. crispy crispy cream sound right there <laughs> uh so one, one of the reasons that we started this podcast is to kind of get to know people uh from different backgrounds get to know their stories and everything and when you sent me your story i was like damn you know uh you're more than just a photographer and i think your 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 background uh, of your whole life and just kind of how it's kind of like happened is very inspirational. So uh, real quick, just give, give everybody a little quick intro on who you are and what you do. All right. Um, so I consider myself more of an artist. I do love photography, but it wasn't my first love. I definitely like storytelling a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a photographer freelance. That's kind of how I've been making my money, but I see myself being more of a magazine type of shooter or more into that realm of photography at some point. I'm really into, you know, creative directing and trying to bring unique ideas instead of kind of doing what's safe. I'm really interested in kind of bringing the weird things that I see in my dreams or weird colors to life. Mm -hmm. So, so when, when you said you want, you're looking more to do like a creative director kind of things, is that like, that's like makeup, hair, styling and all that, all those kinds of things? Um, I, I would say maybe a mix of it. I think that the more control that you have over your photo, then you kind of, it, it's not a surprise and you're kind of more comfortable with it and more proud of it. But I think it's only, it feels that way to me because I like to do makeup and I do like clothes and everything also. Mm -hmm. So the more that I've shot people freelance, the more I've been like, you know, if she was wearing this one outfit or if I were to do this one look, you know, it could have changed everything. Yeah. So I'm starting to ask those questions more instead of like, I don't know, is that the best that I can do? It's more of, I want to do more. How can I do more? You know? Yeah, to, to be honest, that's one of those things uh, in photography that I've started looking at more recently, like in the last year. Because you before... When I when I kind of grew up with photography or, or like have seen photography, I didn't really know how much went into it as far as like, I thought you just showed up somewhere and you took a picture. That's what it was, you know, but I had no idea that you could actually plan these things ahead of time. Say, OK, well, we're going to we're, we're I didn't even know people were doing uh, mood boards for actual photo shoots. Like you can actually like have like either a Pinterest or like a group like, you know, where all you have all these photos in and you can say, OK, I want these kinds of like textures, materials, colors in the foreground, background like that. That, that was that's all new to me. Yeah, so. there's a lot of thought into it, but I've always kept myself very, I don't know, I'm such a lifelong learner that the second I bought a camera, I've watched hundreds of YouTube videos of all different types of techniques. Um, I've done a lot of learning about old digital photographers trying to kind of see what their style was because they didn't have the opportunity to go in and fix things or edit um, outside of what they could do in the red room or the, the black room, you know, wherever they develop their photography. But yeah. Um, I've definitely just 
found some really good people that I've learned a lot from. And then I love films and everything too. So that's opened up this whole other world of really trying to build a story in a photograph. Yeah. Than just taking a pretty picture of a pretty person. Yeah, you you had told me in uh in your in one of your emails that you said that um films really influenced your style of photography, and you mentioned uh Wes Anderson. Oh yeah. How how have they influenced your style? Um. Well, Wes Anderson. I think everyone has watched a movie or two, or I'd mm-hmm. hope so. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I want to keep it real. I have not seen any of his movies, Are but, you sure? but I, yeah, yeah, but I no, but I've seen like snippets and I've seen like frames and clearly when you're watching like the, the award ceremonies and things and then people winning directors are winning best cinematography, there's, you always see like clips from the movies and stuff. And Why they haven't always you look, watched? I'm huh? curious. Why haven't you watched? I just, I haven't bro. I just, mm. I've been stuck with so many other <laughs> movies and directors that I just, he, he's one of the ones that I feel like I should watch because he does take a lot you know he does do a lot into his into his he puts a lot into his cinematography but I just recently watched uh, what was it uh, Honest Trailers and you know how Honest Trailers rips everybody apart bro yeah. I'm like damn dude now I, I feel like I can't watch him now you what know what movie? I mean it was all of them. It was every Wes Anderson <laughs> film and how they were basically saying that every single one of his movies is exactly the same, like structured wise. And that, but I mean, that's another story for another day. But yeah, I can, I could definitely tell how the cinematography would influence your style because his, his stuff is very like, uh, how do you say it's very planned out as far as colors, framing and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you, you, you had mentioned to me right now that, uh, photography wasn't your first uh, art, right? Yeah. How can you can you talk up a little bit about Bob? Well, let's actually take it back real quick. I was gonna say, <laughs> tell me how you got into photography, but first, tell me your background and how you got to even get involved with the arts. Um. Well, since I was a kid, I've always loved drawing, and I think that that love started because I loved reading. So it was more of trying to paint a picture from what I was reading, and um, I would always be drawing. And I was also always like the sick kid at school. So I'd always be in the nurse's office and then I would be drawing and I'd give the nurses like then little pictures. Then you grew pictures. up with that, with that weak immune system. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been kind of like my whole life, but I feel that you just have to like get through it. I do this mind over matter thing. Like, mm-hmm. all right, hope, like we're going to toughen up. We're going to get through it. But um, yeah, drawing was definitely my favorite thing to do. I love scrapbooking, you know, um, I went to high school and did broadcast journalism. So I really liked making videos too. So it was kind of that whole world before photography even like came into existence. But mm-hmm. I think that once I actually created an Instagram, I think I was al- already a photographer of some sorts because I would, you know, take really creative pictures with my phone, do crazy edits on PixArt, post them. People really like them. You know, the whole overlays thing was really popular a long time ago. So I was I don't know, really interested in making, you know, just visual art, period. Yeah. You you had told me that um, <clears throat> Twitter and Instagram were, were two of your of your most favorite like platforms yeah. uh, because you like because they were both a different way of expression. Right. Yeah. Um, Twitter, you know, you connect with people through words and also you can follow your favorite celebrities and kind of get, I would say, kind of a real response or sometimes you know they just say shit on there can i say shit yeah they just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there's they no just, sense around here they just say stuff on there and i still censored myself they still say shit on there and i was always intrigued by it so i would just start tweeting relatable stuff like you know going to bed late you know just like cheesy little things and people ate that up you know some guy who had like eighty thousand. um followers or something had retweeted me and I got like a thousand followers in a day. So it's kind of weird how, Damn. yeah, I mean, it's definitely fluctuated, gone up and down, mm-hmm. but, 
um, that was kind of the time that I was like, what's going on here? You know, I'm just saying weird things. And then in high school, I wasn't really the cool kid until that happened. That's when everyone's like, oh, Hopi One Kenobi. Like, hey, what's up, girl? Like, and it, I, it wasn't even like a popular thing. It was like, I was only cool on the internet, kind of, not even really, you know? And um, I feel like that's kind of how a little bit about how we all kind of grew up in the digital age yeah. where you, you would have more friends online than having in real life because you, when people saw you online, they kind of they kind of they, they dug past the bullshit and they were kind of like, OK, well, this is what that person's about. If they see you like, let's say if somebody if I was in high school right now and all I posted on Instagram was photography and somebody followed me, they're like, OK, well, this guy's a photographer. This is his work. I think it's dope versus meeting in real person and be like, oh, let's see if I even like this guy. Oh, he's he's hanging out with that guy. I don't like that guy. So I don't like Keem automatically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there's so much there's less. um borders i guess and the internet because people can automatically decide boom i like you or no i don't yeah Yeah. it's really fast and um yeah during that time um the only cool thing that i'm ever proud to even say is tyler the creator retweeted me once and it was it was something that i like ran in my whole house i'm like mom like that's the only person i've ever idolized i think he kind of has like this fuck it, I'm going to do whatever attitude. Yeah. And he kind of just does it. But I also love how he acts like a kid and everything. And so that was just like one of those moments. I'm like, wow, he knew who I was for Mm -hmm. about 2.5 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. And I just um, tweeted a picture from one of his random weird videos called like the ghost in the hotel. And he just had such a weird look on his face. And I said that he looks suspicious. Yeah. That's all I said. That's all you said. And then he retweeted me and I was like, dude, he's, he never retweets anybody. I was like, do you see this? Yeah, you know? You're like, you're like, I'm putting that on my resume today. <clears throat> yeah. And then on Instagram, you know, I started getting followers from Twitter and I just enjoyed editing pictures kind of differently. Mm. And I think that people just connected with that. It wasn't just like a picture of a drink or anything, you know, it'd be an Arizona tea can with, you know, grain and it would get so deep and moody. But when I bought a camera, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. Go, go taking it back. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about your background. Cause when, when you emailed me, um, you had mentioned a lot of like super like just very detailed, like points about your past. And I think, I and I think, and I think that kind of resonated with me because maybe to not the extent of, of, of how you had it, but I can kind of relate to a lot. So real quick, uh, tell people a little bit about your background and how you like, you know, what your, what your childhood was like, was like. Okay. So we're about to get real. Uh-oh. Let's get real. <laughs> let's get real. Let's we're going to get very real. Um, I told Kim and Chuck, I haven't ever really talked about some of this stuff. I mean, in this essence, because when you turn on a camera and you try to talk about these things and connect with people, you also don't want it to seem like it's a lie mm-hmm. or like you're not telling or exaggerated the truth. or yeah. But growing up in Vegas is really hard. Like I, I don't think people understand how different it is. Um, it is a big melting pot. I will say that like, we're fortunate to have so many different backgrounds and so many people like my classes, you know, there's, five different shades of brown no one was really upset about that from my experience yeah but um anyways getting down to the nitty so gritty. just real quick it is melting pot it's not mixing pot yeah it's we had a, we had who a com- said mixing no, pot no no i'm saying i said mixing oh, pot before. Yeah. <laughs> the mixing sorry. pot yeah sorry i didn't mean to read it re- derail you <laughs> i just hear these things and it just pops off in my head i'm not derailed <laughs> yeah. i'm on track there you go okay um, <laughs> mixing pot <laughs> <laughs> you have some <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, um, 
my background and everything where I come from, it's pretty crazy living here in Vegas. My, I was actually born in Lancaster, Palmdale, California, mm. but my family ended up moving here when I was like a year too old. So or you're a year or too old. Um, so I've been here my whole life and you know, my dad didn't have the best job. He was working at the stratosphere as, um, like a, sales watchman or something he was selling watches for swatch that's mm, what it was okay i'm like what's the brand it has in the it's name. called swatch swatch and they're inside the well this was in the stratosphere so a really long time ago okay. so we grew up um kind of in like naked city behind the stratosphere when it was kind of bad out here like in downtown Vegas. um literally like i'm trying to think they call it Naked City, but it's just behind Stratosphere. It's kind of right like, near our studio, bro. That's like, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Because yeah, like, I remember there. Naked City Pizza. Yeah. That was yeah. a, right? That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Naked it's City's still pretty bad, isn't it? Here. Yeah. Yeah, Naked City's pretty good, though. But, um, well, not that area, but the pizza's <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, the pizza's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, growing up over there, you know, my mom would hear gunshots and stuff in the neighborhood, and it was just a lot to handle because it was me and my brother her and my dad at the time and then you know he would be walking to work working at the stratosphere so that was kind of my first introduction to i would say like the strip in las vegas and everything um and then fast forward to living out of that area we ended up living in a budget suites when the stardust was around and we lived just in an apartment complex right behind it and i lived there for seven years it mm -hmm. was a one-bedroom apartment with about four people living there four or five people so me and my brother just had a bunk bed in the living room and my parents had the bedroom and that was kind of it you know um very close quarters and then later on my younger sister was born so there was a lot of us in this really small space Damn. and my parents had a really terrible relationship my dad um i haven't talked to him in a long time but he was an abusive alcoholic and he would drink and you know he would hit my mom and in my mind I was already so mature the one good thing my dad did for me when I was younger is he taught me how to read when I was about four mm -hmm. so I was already pretty smart and the second I can get into school I just took full advantage of it I'm like okay I'm just gonna be smart you know get a good job and work things out make things better for my mom you know because mm -hmm. I just felt how, bad for her how many total of, of how, how many siblings did you have total um well at that time it was just my brother, my sister, and me. Okay. And then now I have three sisters and two brothers. Oh, damn. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely grown. But, um, yeah, life was really shitty, like, to kind of just put it blankly. But my mom would kind of do things to kind of distract us or to have us not think about it. Like, if you've ever seen the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. That movie really like hits home because my parents would try to do that for us mm -hmm. um because there were so many of us living in an apartment when i did go to school we didn't have a whole lot of money you know so i was put on special programs at school to where they would hook you up with school clothes and you would get like a free turkey dinner around thanksgiving and it would feel kind of weird you know you would go to school and everyone would like the teachers would try to make you feel special about it like mm -hmm. oh you guys are gonna get new clothes today you know but then you'd have kids like Oh, you don't have the name brand stuff. You know, you don't have yeah. the air walks or well, you have the air walks. You don't have the vans and, you know, little things like that. And I tried not to think too much about it because I just knew that we didn't have money. What am I going to do? You yeah. know, tell my mom, like, I need those shoes or mm -hmm. something. It, it was kind of one of those things, too. How, how do you feel about this? Was it one of those things where, like, you were 
as a kid, you didn't really notice it as much because you were living it. You were li- like, you were kind of like, you didn't realize your situation until much later. You were like, oh shit, like this is what happened. Or were you kind of more aware of your surroundings? Definitely in between because my mom was kind of my best friend. So when I say I was mature, like my mom would tell me about what was going on in the house. You know, mm. she'd say like, hey, rent's pretty tight. You know, we might be getting kicked out. We might have to move, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. And that's a heavy burden to have to go to school the next day and think like we might be getting kicked out. Like I just had to just suck it up and just be like, all right, I just got to make sure that me and pride are okay. Things are going to be all good, you know? And, um, my parents' relationship just continued to be really bad. You know, um, I wouldn't want anyone to have to deal with that, but domestic violence is really common in, in anyone's home or anyone's life. You know, Mm -hmm. we all know somebody who's been hit And so I always kind of hated my dad. He Mm -hmm. was a super smart dude and me and him would go at it, you know, with school stuff and history stuff, but I just didn't understand why he chose beer over us all the time. It was just kind of like, I don't know. You just, you see that he has a problem. So there was definitely uh, like an alcoholism issue at home and you, and you growing up, you were, you were, you, you were young enough to kind of like notice it still, right? Yeah, so I was well aware of what was going on, and that's the thing that kind of sucked, you know? Mm -hmm. But there had been times where money had been so tight that my parents couldn't get food. You know, my mom wouldn't eat a lot of times. You know, I would ask her if she had dinner, and she's like, no, I'll eat tomorrow or something, you know? And it was always, I'll eat tomorrow. Damn. And I never really, I mean, as a kid, you're just like, okay, that's what a mom should do. But at the end of the day, it's like, no mom should have to go through that, you know? No one should be, like, starving. And the worst, like, the lowest moment that I recall as a kid was my mom said she was making imaginary hot dogs for lunch. And so she just took hot dog buns and, you know, put mustard and ketchup in it. And she was like, you know, it does taste kind of like a hot dog, you know, and you would eat it. And as a kid, you're like, wow, like, okay, it does taste like a hot dog. Yeah, like <laughs> that's D. That just hit me. Bro. I'm that's... sorry. I'm no, so no, no, sorry. No, no, feel free to like, like let it out. Like you know, like if you got it, like that. That's why I kind of like. This is one of the reasons why we really wanted to start this podcast is because we want to introduce the city to a bunch of creatives and, and entrepreneurs and all that stuff. But I feel the best way to get to know somebody is to kind of see their story of how they came up and what how they got to where they are and what shaped them as a person. Because anybody can sit down and ask you like, okay, well, you know, what's your uh, inspiration? What's your inspiration? What's your where do you see yourself yeah. in five years? But when you kind of get to sit down with somebody, see their facial expressions when as they talk about things, you feel a stronger connection. You know what I mean? And that's like all I've ever wanted to do with people. I've always loved people. I've always been the person that I think people just spill their guts to. Like people will just tell me things. And I'm like, you're just a cashier. I'm just, I'm about to go home in like a few (laughs) minutes, you know? But I think that that's the part of my name that makes me feel like there's something more to who I am. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I feel like I'm that little hope towards people. You know, I'm never rude to people. And I always find something that I like about people. And I'm always... I can always get that common sense, you know, find not common sense, but I can always get that common ground. You know, Mm -hmm. I can always find where we can relate. Mm -hmm. It's never been hard for me. It's kind of like a challenge, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, this guy doesn't look like he's going to talk to me, but I'll make him comfortable, you know, but I think it's everything that I've gone through. You know, you listen to what someone's been through and it totally changes your perception of who they are. I think that now we see on social media, a few pictures and we're like, oh, we know this person. Yeah. And I think that people see me and they see that 
I know how to post online. I know how to make things look a certain way, but no one's ever asked me like where I come from or what's happened, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah that's why that's why when when you sent me that email i was like damn like this would be a great inspirational story to somebody out there who's, who's listening the same thing yeah, who, who might even be going through the same thing or worse like you never know and then they can and i think your name is like i don't think we talked about this yet but your name is hope little right yeah that's your legitimate like actual government name right yeah that's, that's my so interesting. that's my real name yeah. <laughs> now was it based off of like star wars is, is that why because she said obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope no um actually my name my parents were going back and forth it was either going to be raven or hope mm-hmm. and so my my like mom just wanted my name to mean something mm-hmm. and so i guess that's how hope came around but my dad's real last name is little so i just think it's a joke you know everyone's yeah. like were your parents hippies or something is yeah. that where the name came from like no they're just stoners <laughs> <laughs> hope little though i think the last time i heard little as the last name was Stuart little hey. that's where i remember it from <laughs> don't bring that up Kim. like imagine you know. being in kindergarten right yeah. everyone's like oh is stuart little your brother is stuart little your cousin damn you is got stuart that a lot little your... i'm like God damn do it. i look like a mouse yeah. do i look like a fucking mouse yeah well so so bringing it back to school then you, you uh you were bullied right Oh yeah. Because of that? Is it just, I mean, I, clearly it was like also like the, you, you, you mentioned not having like the latest and greatest stuff and kids comparing here and there. Um, but your name as well. Like, I, yeah, I, I would get picked on for my name. Um, damn, kids are petty, bro. Like why would you pick on somebody for their name? Like, <sighs> well, think you have Tim, Sally, John, Hope. Yeah. I don't you know. know. Wait a I don't minute. know. Maybe I'm just like growing up at this point, but like I feel like it's a badass right? name. I'm like, damn, that's, yeah, that's dope. a super dope name. Yeah, like that's Thanks. so unique, and I think that that that's the wave now is like being unique as possible makes you super cool. You know what I mean? I appreciate so, that. Yeah. I for a long time I hated my name. Like as a kid, I'm like I don't get it because everyone would just make jokes about it. They'd be like, I hope I pass this test. I hope I see you tomorrow. I yeah. hope I'll, you know. And I it gets kind of old. You get a lot of the jokes, and then Chicken Little came out. That was the other one that ruined my life. Chicken Little. Chicken Little. Oh. Yeah, that it was. I that is one. the sky falling? Hope. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. the little chicken. And I remember uh, watching the movie, but yeah, that was. Oh my god! People it's are really so corny. stupid. Yeah, it, it's really stupid. But and, and and it's crazy because like when you mention it to me now, as far as like people were making these kind of like puns on your name, to me it doesn't seem like it's bullying. I think people were having fun. But it's also I don't I, I don't think about it because it's not my name and I didn't grow up with everybody constantly going back and forth and when somebody goes back and forth on the same thing over and over again it get, it does get old or every and it day. does get, and it does get to the point where it's like okay now now you're now it's kind of harassing because you're kind of like yeah. you know you're, you're making me feel a certain type of way every time I hear it but yeah, yeah you kind of become an easy punching bag because you're so different um, even teachers made fun of my name I even had a teacher straight up point at me and be like Faith and I was like what, what? <laughs> and he's like oh my gosh your name is hope and i'm like yeah whatever mr dunn like wow. i would Jesus. get so i would get so upset because it gets old you know people yeah. say you have little hope and all that stuff but that wasn't even the i would say the chunk of the bullying it was just me being different you know mm-hmm. i would talk a lot i was very um charismatic you know i was such a learner and i was such a lover of everybody and then you got to think my home situation was awful. You know, I go home and I just hear screaming and yelling. So I did everything to just stay at school. So then it just looked like I'm a teacher's pet. Why are you talking to the teacher so much? Why are you hanging out with them? And it was, you know, I would tell teachers what 
was going on at home, not because I wanted to cry for attention, but they were the only person to sit down and listen. You know, I couldn't tell my little friend that my dad, you know, punched my mom last night or something, you know, they would Mm -hmm. just be like, what? You're weird, Hope, you know, or something. So I just, I don't know. They may not have said that. It's just kids are so young and I already felt so mature. You know, I talked to my mom about these things. So when I would go to school, I would make good connections with teachers and they would kind of like help me and, you know, they would feel bad that that was my home situation. Yeah. And I felt bad for myself because it stopped me from doing a lot of things. You know, people have sleepovers and hangouts and do all of that stuff. And, you know, if my parents were ever fighting one night and, you know, my friend Cynthia was going to have a sleepover, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, Cynthia's having a sleepover and stuff. My mom would be like, oh, you know, yeah, you can go if you want. And then you hear them scream for like five minutes and then you're like, all right, I'm not going to go. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to go anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. no one wants to have to like, I I don't know. I just felt guilty. I'm going to go have fun and, you know, my brother's going to hear my parents screaming and Mm -hmm. I won't be there to protect him. So Mm -hmm. it kind of puts things in a perspective. So I think I just have that instinct with everybody. I feel like I need to be like, the carrier, the hugger, like the love for everybody, because I know so many people go through little things like that every day. Yeah. I think that's a, if you, if you have to look back at your past and you realize like, Oh, like all this that I went through, it wasn't for nothing. Like I think it kind of, it kind of did something, something good did come out of it. And I think that's you and how you went, you, you're in the turning out because you kind of realize like now you're outside of the situation you go, Oh, this is this is what how I don't want to be. This is the kind of relationship I don't want to be in. Yeah. And it kind of helps you realize like just a lot of things outside of yourself that I think a lot of people wouldn't even have gotten had they grown up in like a perfect household. And, you know, uh, you know, because there's a lot of people that grow that grow up and, and they don't have to deal with those issues. And then they end up they end up dealing with them on their own. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, uh, yeah. or sometimes they don't deal with them, you know, but yeah. So, yeah, of course. And that's that's the hard part, you know. Um, I think I, I also included in there, a lot of my friends when I was younger were the ones that were living in my apartment complex. Um, even though I was picked on a lot at school, you do have friends, you know, you have your neighbors and stuff when you do live in these apartment complexes, but a lot of those kids were involved in doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been involved in because they were a lot older than me. Mm -hmm. You know, these are 16, 17 year olds who are trying to experiment with drugs and I'm a 12 year old kid hanging out with them. And, you know, they're like, hey, Hope, like, do you want to hit this joint? Do you want to do this? And, you know, I'd be like, no, at first, because I just, I didn't like being out of my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you were growing up in these ap- apartment complexes and those were your pretty much your, your friends. Yeah. Those they're, were, they're older people, right? How old were you and how old were they? Like, what's the age difference? We're so, talking like two, three years. He said 12 and 17. Oh, 12 and yeah. 17. Yeah. That, that's what it was. 12 and 17. Damn. <laughs> Chuck's so like, I'm listening. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. No, okay. <laughs> so sometimes I'll, I'll listen, but things just go over my head. Am I sweaty? Yeah, let me know if I'm, I'm sweaty. I'm sweaty too. Well, you, you kind of have a fever, bro. Yeah, but I do have a fever. <laughs> no, I think it. Chuck and I are kind of acclimated to this. The to fever this is chest, yeah. <laughs> to this temperature in here. Yeah, it's not it's not the coldest. It's not the hottest, but it's sorry. definitely. It's a little fan. We should, we should have a little fan. <laughs> it's okay. Think about that. I just got a lot of hair in here now. <laughs> oh, but. that's true. Well, if you don't want to wear the headphones, you don't have to. No, I don't if mind. they're making you hot. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's okay. <laughs> so, so you said growing up in these apartment complexes that they were all like smoking and drinking and all that stuff. Did that become kind of like an influence on you too? Like even though you said you you said you said no at first. What what does that insinuate that you eventually did? Um. Yeah. I hanging out with all of these older people. You also got to think that 
some of them don't always have the best intentions. And I don't mean the drugs. I mean with younger girls. Mm. And um, when I was younger, I was put in a really awkward situation. And I had been touched by somebody when I shouldn't have been. Sorry to get like so deep. I just want to let everyone know. Sorry, it's going to get a little heavy. But um, I... You know, did did you know what was happening at the time though that it happened? Oh yeah, like when when things were happening, it was you know I'm a 12 year old kid. I'm hanging out with a 24 year old person, an 18 year old person, a 17 year old person, and their like 14 year old brother. You know, mm. so like I said, when I'm hanging out with these people, I wasn't just some dumb little kid. You know, I read a lot. I was super smart, so I can talk and chat up with them, and I listen to the same music. But, you know, you do have the older guys who are like, oh, Hope, like, I would love to be with you when you're old enough and say weird things to you like like that. And you're kind of like, okay, like, you think it's kind of sweet, cool, whatever. But after this encounter had happened to me when I was younger, I was 12 and the person was 24. Damn. And Double your age? Double my age. And (sighs) it definitely affected me a lot. Like, the time that it had happened, I won't go into too much detail but I kind of just felt paralyzed. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know what to do with myself. And then after that happened, you know, I told my best friend at the time and she's like, Hope, you have to tell somebody like I can't carry this. And so I waited a while and then I finally had told some of the people who were there that night and they're like, Hope, like, why didn't you tell us then? You know, we were all right there, you know, and because the night that all of this had went down, there were several people in the room. So, and it was just dark. So no one knows, you know, what happened to me. And someone had actually made a weird joke saying like, oh, you look like a pedophile, like so close to hope. Like someone had made that joke to him. And um, yeah, it just, sorry to get so into this topic, but. No, that's, I mean, that's real stuff. Like that's, uh, that that's part of your past that kind of helped, you know, helped you see the world a little bit more differently now. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, you probably got more cautious after that and said like, I don't ever want this happening to me or anybody else. You got a little bit more serious about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. After that point, did you like stop like all the influences and whatnot? Like well, any of that? what had happened was that is what had influenced me to start drinking and to start doing mm. this stuff because I had finally told people about it. And when my mom had found out, she was heartbroken and felt like I, I, she was mad that I didn't tell her first. And what I learned later is that, you know, something similar had happened to her. And so it was one of those triggers, like she didn't know how to handle it. And, you know, that's something that they don't tell you. Other people could have PTSD. You know, so many other things are going on. Yeah. But our lives are so just me and I that it's kind of hard to pull apart from that. But after that situation had happened, I had to go through the whole legal process. I had to talk to private investigators. And I'm a 12-year-old kid saying, like, penis and vagina. And the only people who would always be in the room that I'd be talking to were men. So imagine, like, the humiliation, you know, when they would tell you that I don't believe your story. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're telling the truth. Yeah. And I had to, like, go get you know, tested. I had it. And you know, all of this stuff happening while I'm just going to middle school. And and your parents knew all about, about all this, right? So my mom had known, and I don't know if my dad ever knew or what, what he had found out about the situation. Um, because my mom knew I was hanging out with these people and she had had a bad sense, but I was always hanging out with these people. So why would this have been any different, you know, Mm -hmm. but after dealing with that whole situation, it kind of screwed me up in the head to where I didn't really trust men. 
I would have boyfriends who would even like touch my shoulder, and I'm like, we're breaking up. Yeah, like it just. Oh damn. It would. Bring it was. A, me it was back. a PC, PTSD kind it of thing. It was the PTSD, yeah. like the touch. I, it was just like a snap, you know. And that was like the first time I'd ever felt those feelings. Yeah, for for anybody that's listening, uh, you know, people mention PTSD as being more of like a you go to war and you see you witness all these deaths and like bombings and all that stuff, and that affects you later in your life. But a lot of things, like people don't understand, like people in Chicago a high percentage of them have PTSD. Like mm-hmm. I think I, uh, doubt it. I, I was, li- I was, watch- I was listening to something earlier and it was talking about how like there's, there's been more deaths in Chicago this year than oh in the God. entire amount of soldiers that have died in like since 2002. Oh my God. That's insane. Yeah. So like that, that PTSD can definitely affect anybody uh, in or outside of the United States, depending on their experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely sucked. Um, and that's when I had started being like, you know what, I will drink with you guys. And that's when it was like, okay, I will kind of smoke, you know. And I was in middle school, you know. Um, and what's crazy, I never went back to school and was like, oh, I'm hanging out with these older kids and I'm drinking and I'm doing all of this stuff. I still just went to school and was trying to get good grades. Yeah. So to it you, was it wasn't of, like to you, it wasn't like, a, oh, I'm gonna be cool and drink and smoke. Like, yeah, it was like a Hannah Montana double life, but not the double life that I think any deserves Mm -hmm. it was more of my school life and then me trying not to remember all of the horrible things that was going on Mm -hmm. and i don't recommend you know what is it self-medicating with alcohol it's not Mm -hmm. it's not a good way to cope with your feelings and it took me a long time to understand that wasn't until like high school talking to more girls hearing more stories that it kind of helped get me out of that. Mm-hmm. But there was just so many factors with my home life and things going on that I just kind of kept my focus on school or I would try to bury my face in a book. You know, there was all these outside factors and I did have these crazy friends who were drug dealers and all of this stuff. But I mean, they were also good people underneath there somewhere. You know, they all came from broken homes and they all had fucked up lives just like I did. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy to think, where I'm at now, I was just talking to my boyfriend about my life was just completely different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what was the, what in your school, what was the first point where you were like, okay, well, so, so your car outside, I just heard like a beep. Sorry guys. Oh, good. <laughs> well, what was the first point in like, in like your schooling that you were like, okay, well, I want to, you wanted, you, you were starting to look for a career in something like, what, what, what was the turning point that made you realize like you wanted to, you know, be an example for you know you because you told me about your siblings right yeah um well about the time that you're going to graduate out here in vegas they have a lot of career-based schools now or you know schools that you don't have to go to college for you can actually get a job after high school Mm -hmm. so they call them their technical academies and everything so when i got to high school i went to veterans tribute career and technical academy which was for police fire medical and dispatch and it was a really interesting school. It was either going there or LVA, but I never went to my audition for LVA. I kind of had thought, okay, I'm not really going to make it as a musician, but I could actually have a job outside of high school. Did you want to be a musician? Um, Kind of. I'm, I went to, like in middle school, I played the violin. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. So I was just in so many after school programs. Yeah, yeah I was... Um, I. Oh. Sorry, I'm pulling this, but (laughs) I um, played the violin all of middle school. And those were the teachers who were like, wow, like you're gifted, like got to keep you going, you know? So that was something that I had had at that moment. Um, So that was was like in in orchestra? Yeah, it was an orchestra. Nice. I was was an orchestra too. I played bass. 
space. Yeah. The bass was so cool. The ba dum 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 Yeah. You know what's crazy? Is I that, like that explanation. That actually got into the LVYO, the Las Vegas Youth Orchestra. Oh. But after that, I went. I moved to the Desert Pines, and there was not much of a program there. It was it was like a half-ass put-together program, and it never challenged me ever again, so I just kind of stopped doing it. What about you, Chuck? Okay. Um, I was like, what? Are you playing <laughs> instruments? I, I used to play guitar, and... But now I just, I kind of dabble in everything like the bass, the piano, guitar. Because I, I know you guys also like produce music and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chuck made the intro for the podcast. Which the, I like too. All the music. Oh, oh. Sorry, I stepped on a metal thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck Chuck made the the intro. Uh, he, he produces like, he, does, he has a MIDI keyboard mm-hmm. and he does like music production and all that stuff. And then he also does visual effects. So he did the intro for the video. So multi-talented man right here. Mm-hmm. No, you guys are both yeah. amazing. Thank you for thank having you. me just tell my story. I know it's kind of sporadic for people Oh, at thank home. you for telling your story. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> for you. having the confidence to tell your story. You know what? It, yeah, and that the, having the confidence to tell your story and, and inspire other people, you know, uh, to kind of pursue their dreams as well. I just so. know that not everyone is dealt the best hand. You know, because I lived in these apartments and everything, um, you're expected to not amount to much. Mm-hmm. You know, people just think that, that's it for them. So a lot of, you know, some of my friends are in jail now because they thought that selling drugs was what was going to be profitable for them, you know, and Mm -hmm. you see people just stuck in these situations. Um, Friends get pregnant and everything. And there's nothing against where I come from, you know, because it's definitely this, it's a mindset and it's also crazy how you just feel like, I don't know, you're in a sinkhole or something. And I hated being broke as a kid. So I would do everything I could to hustle. Um, I would sell candy bars. My mom would go to Smart and Final and buy a big box of candy bars. And I would go sell those. Um, I'd have lemonade stands when I was a younger kid, even in my apartments. And then sometimes you'd have someone nice. Like one guy gave us $35 for a pitcher of Kool-Aid lemonade. Nice. You know, but he just did it because he knew, you know, like where we came from. He lived in our same apartment complex and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to have some of my own money. It was kind of another humiliating thing to go to school and everyone's like, oh, let's go to the student store. And you're like, I don't have any money, you know, to go get anything. So that's when I was like, all right, I need some money to go get some shit. Like I need some Starburst, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And I would just hustle. And I don't think a lot of people have that mindset when you're so young, but it was kind of like, okay, if my parents don't have money, I got to make my own money. Mm -hmm. And it was like, before I could even get a job or anything like substantial. And I started babysitting other people's kids. I'm like, okay, if I'm not getting paid babysitting my siblings, I can go get paid babysitting other people's (laughs) kids. (laughs) You know, that's great. That's a crazy mindset to have though, is when you're, when you're a kid and you realize, well, if my parents aren't going to give me money, then I'm going to go out there and make my own money. I think that's kind of, you know, it's it, they we always talk about it but like coming from like those kinds of beginnings are what shape a person you know and they give you that mindset of like i'm gonna go out there and hustle and uh i i, I kind of had that mindset a little bit i i would sell like like mexican candy you know what I'm saying? like <laughs> yeah. I, I would go to i would go to school until the until the, the the principal took it away oh people would do that at school lunch and stuff yeah. like hey you want oh. <laughs> I, I i got this mexican candy and people think you brought it from mexico there's a mexican corner store in your neighborhood he's like that's where i went to <laughs> yeah i mean you do what you can to make money and when I got to the high school that I had went to, that was the year that my dad had left. Um, my parents, like I said, had a really terrible relationship. And my dad had made this joke a few weeks before he left. And this was when I was 14. He's like, oh, I already put my two weeks in, you know, and we're like, okay, whatever. It's two weeks in at For work? his job, yeah. And so 
at that time he was working at like a luggage store or something in um the mall one of the malls i think um fashion show mall or something mm-hmm. but um and if he's watching this like hi dad i haven't talked to him in a long time <laughs> <laughs> but um it it was one of those things to where you know he just said goodbye gave a, gave me a hug one day i was i was coming home it was my mom's birthday and he was like all right i'm gonna go stay with your auntie jennifer and i'll see you later and basically just like gave me a hug and left and my mom didn't have a job he was the only one making money and he just got his income taxes and took all that money with him and we just had to figure our shit out like from that moment you know and then we were lucky enough my mom had a friend who was able to let us live with him you know their thing turned into a relationship they had a kid fast forward now he's my stepdad and he's like taking on our whole family and i really appreciate that you know Mm -hmm. um but what sucked is I had, you know, just gotten accepted into this academy high school to where, you know, they'll bus you from wherever because it's a special school or whatever. And so we had had to move and I had to take a bus, like a city bus, to walk to a high school to get on a bus to get to my high school. Like Damn. it was a whole thing. And my mom didn't have that kind of money for me to go. So I would sell candy bars to get the bus money to get on the bus to go to school. Like I was yeah, paying, make it for, happen. paying for my way to, you know, hopefully be successful. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's that. That's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. to oh, get yeah. to get the basic level of like of what every people other people take for granted. You know, where they get dropped off at school. Or they don't even have to think about it. You know, like when I was going, like when, when I was going to middle school, we moved to the complete opposite side of town. And I think like that, that was like the roughest part of my, you know, childhood was like growing up, uh, having to take the bus from like Russell and Eastern all the way to like Bonanza and Eastern. Uh, but it, I never had to worry about like, oh, well, I need I need to come up with money to take that bus to, to do those kinds of things. Yeah. That's, that's something that a lot of us take for granted, man. But uh, so wait, so you mentioned you were you were you were hustling how how did that how did that tie it into your into like starting into like photography like um oh uh, well the photography thing definitely came like after high school like this the photography thing i've only been doing for maybe almost two years mm-hmm. so still fairly new but um like i said when i got to high school i was in broadcast journalism so i was already kind of getting into the snack of like storytelling knowing like what looks good what doesn't look good getting into editing um making skits kind of being creative and our school was just so small like the first year that i went was the first year it was open so our very first day of school was completely different than other people's first day of school Mm -hmm. we just had a bunch of first responder vehicles outside we got to tour like fire trucks and swat cars and all of this stuff because that's what that whole school is about Mm -hmm. but 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 you did that because that was uh that, that wasn't necessarily what you were passionate about. That was just a career that you said, oh, I can I can do this in a job. This was, this looks yeah. like a realistic job I can get. It was but a smart move. Th- there, was, there, <laughs> there was no passion behind that, but you ultimately didn't pursue that at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so the school experience was neat. I definitely like broadcast journalism. And so when I graduated, I thought, okay, I'll go to, you know, college and do the broadcast journalism thing Mm -hmm. so then i went to csn for a year and that was a whole trek because i had to take the bus there and around that time i was working my first job was at true religion at the south outlet mall Mm -hmm. and i got that um it was kind of a cool hookup i was babysitting for this family and they like loved me and this family was so cool let me tell you they were 
they dressed up like the like greasers. Like his wife would dress up like a pinup girl, you know, like that was their everyday. That's crazy. And he was just like this cool tattooed dad. He would like roll up his pants. He drove uh, he drove a Hemi, you know. Damn, like, a Hemi. Yeah, damn, that's it. they were living the life. And I was babysitting their kids for a while, and it was turning to me graduating and going to have to get an actual job. And I had told him that, and he's like, "Well, I know some guys who work at some malls. I could put in some calls for you." And so the guy who had hired me at True Religion actually like interviewed me when I was seventeen and waited like two weeks for me to turn eighteen to get the job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once I, yeah, once I did that, I was going to school, working, kind of making that work, but I kind of felt like I was wasting my time in college. I was like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, I was in a psychology class and this guy has passed out behind me as an old man and stuff. And I'm like, I guess you could start at any time, but he's still not starting now. But he still wanted to be in the back of the class. He waited 40 years to come back to school. Yeah. That's crazy. um, I had had this one professor, you know, my English professor, and she just said, you know, college isn't for everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. And she started to pull me aside saying like, Hey, you're like not showing up sometimes. You're not turning in certain things. What's going on? You're a really good writer. And I just said, you know, I just, I feel like I'm wasting my time. You know, I think that I can do something now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, dropped out of college, kind of kept pursuing a job. And then I had gotten a good job selling watches. And that's, you know, when I had finally, I don't know, life started coming together. You know, I wasn't so broke. My, mm-hmm. you know, my dad had been gone for a while. What, what, I, what, what, what year are we in at this point in your life? Um, I would say like maybe 2016, 2017. Okay. okay so I so. wasn't, that wasn't too, too long ago. Yeah. It wasn't too, too long ago. Maybe, maybe like 2015, 2016. Nice. Um, yeah. So I started working at the watch job and I at first started in the cash office counting the money. Then I, you know, just had this goal that I want to be a salesperson. Like they're making the real money here mm-hmm. because the watch store was, um, Torno at the form shops. So we we're selling like Rolexes and Patek Philippe's. And, you know, I had to learn about these watches and my manager at the time was literally such a bitch. Like, I really hope she's watching this. She was <laughs> such a bitch. Like Damn. she didn't want to teach me how to be a salesperson. She's like, Oh, if you want to be a salesperson, all right, go out there, you know? Go figure and it I'm out. like, those people who sell watches, you get extensive training. You know, you have people come in and actually show you yeah. the product. They show you what they want you to say. And so I was just thrown out there. And with my personality, I was just able to talk to people and I started selling watches. Oh, mm-hmm. And so it was a cool job for a while, but it got super stressful. Everyone around you is a lot older. They all have a big like clientele. And so um, I was getting warned that I was going to be getting let go for not making my sales goals. And so around that time, I had bought my camera for a Black Friday deal. I was like, you know what? Um, I was integrated with the Six and Music or Six and Franklin group out here. Mm -hmm. And shout out to them. They're an awesome, like, collective out here in Vegas. Oh, Tell me real quick. What is Six and Franklin? Because I... I I had heard of uh, Sixth and no, I've heard of Sixth and Franklin. And Sixth and Music. Is Sixth the other and Music. One. Okay, what 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 collective is that? Like, what do they do? Um, so it was a branch of Sixth and Franklin, which is like a house downtown where um, they're all about community. They're all about better eating. You know, um, really cool people. Okay. Um, and, and, and your creative, your you you took a writing class in college, and that's what allowed you to kind of like learn about writing and. That's what led to you working for them as a creative writer? Um, I would say a little bit. Um, I I just was good in English, mm-hmm. even though I was going to school for journalism. So I guess like the whole writing thing was definitely there. Um, but I had actually met um, this girl, Eva, at 
<laughs> excuse me, I had like a weird sneeze, but then it happened. <laughs> I hate when um, that happens. You're like, <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but I had met her at a Zoomies and we just kind of had connected. And so fast forward, this one guy, David, that I had met, um, I had seen that they were working together on something on Instagram. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I saw that it was Six and Music. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So I hit them up and I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we're with this, you know, group of people. It's basically um, a record label company. They're mm-hmm. trying to help local artists out here in Vegas kind of branch out and kind of get that startup. So what I was in charge of was doing creative writing for um, like people's EPKs. And, you know, I wrote a treatment for a music video and I had never written a, like a treatment for a music yeah. video in my life. Oh, damn. You just kind of so, jumped into it. Yeah. Everything. I just went online, how to write a treatment for a music video, you know, kind of learn, pick it up as you go. And I had kind of learned it as just telling the whole story, like frame by frame. Yeah. And it was a really neat thing, but I started to realize that I'm more of a visual person. The people around me were like all photographers and I'm like, you know, I think I could be really good at that though. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I bought the camera and I just started taking pictures and then work got busy. I had to kind of dive in there. So I kind of pulled away from six and music and Mm -hmm. just did my own thing. So, so, so your job at the watch store, that's what was it? That's what it was that allowed you to to buy the camera, right? Yeah. What, what, What was your first camera? You said you got it at Black Friday deal. Oh, so um, it's a camera I still use, and it's um, a Canon T6i. Okay, it's a good camera. everyone, I mean, when I pull it out, people are like, oh, what is that? But it has, like, the flip the out. flip out. Yeah. So that's when everyone's like, oh. Yeah. And that's changed the game, honestly. Because, of course, you could definitely take pictures, you know, looking through. But sometimes when you're trying to get a big yeah, shot and you're a short person. Low. Yeah, that's one of the things I don't, I, ooh, I do not. That's my biggest gripe with Sony. It's like, dude, just come out with it. I don't know why they make it. They make it so stupid. Have you, too, have you it. seen the, the 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 Sony cameras? Oh how yeah. They're kind of layered out where you, it's like a it's a pop out screen, but it only does like a swivel kind of like a it doesn't. You're like that's not enough. It it doesn't <laughs> articulate all the way, man. And sometimes I want to do like higher angle, and I'm just like, well, I hope I got the shot. <laughs> yeah, like because I ain't tall, man. You know. I don't know why they did that. My my Chuck's first camera was it was a T2i. Uh no, my first camera was a EOS Rebel. EOS Rebel, like this but is... but the one that you primarily used like to grind was the T2i, right? Yeah. That's well, what... the, it's still a Rebel, I think, because mine's a Rebel T6i, I guess. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah, this is yeah. way before the T1i's came out and everything. It was just straight photo camera, like. He's talking about like 1980s. No, my my. He's my, like, I ain't that old, man. I ain't that old, dog. My first digital camera was a uh, the T3i. Mm. I don't know what was the Canon XH8. Was it was that a that was only video? I didn't do photos. It probably did photos. Dude, if it did, I'd never figured it out. It was a DV tape camera, so I probably not. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, while while Hope fixes her hair. Sorry, it gets sweaty. You got bangs. I know, and we got bang. a big old light just hitting you yeah, from the top. Yeah, it's this light that's just like... Hey, but to it's, make me look pretty. Hey, but it's going to look great. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> okay, so so okay, so you got your camera. You're you're pulling away from Six and Franklin and you're doing is this the point where you start doing like your uh creative shooting and all that stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, I when I first got the camera, I drove up to Boulder City and I'm like, "Let me just go take pictures of landscape and stuff." And so I was just messing around with everything. Um, because the camera I got came with the kit lens, but it also came with like the 250 zoom also like the really big one. Yeah. So I was just trying to take any kind of weird shots that I could. Um, and the first like place that I really enjoyed taking pictures of that I'm like, dude, I, I think I like love this. I went to the shark reef and I just went by myself 
put some headphones in, walked around and just got up close and personal trying to take pictures of some of the animals. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not about zoos. I'm not about aquariums or anything. But there's another part of me to where it's like, okay, but they are actually there and I can actually go see them for this moment. And if I am, I'm going to go beautiful, like beautiful. I'm going to go photograph, photograph them. <laughs> I like got, got way into my words, but I just wanted to go photograph them and, you well, know, see their beauty. And so stuff. when you say you're not about aquariums, you're not about zoos and things like that, you, you, you're more of the train of thought of like, you don't believe animals should be captured and, and put to display and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone like loves it. I think we all kind of know it's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be locked up in a cage. I watched the movie Blackfish. Yeah, that was the one that the one with the uh, Sea World, and that's the one where they show you like the the was it the orcas? It, the it just, killer it just, whales. It and just tripped me. So here's the thing: <laughs> every time I watch a documentary on Netflix, I'm always like, okay, so this is not something that just got put together. This There's is something. A bias somewhere. Th- this is something that was that was made with the intention of persuading a person to think a certain way. So there's always like you know you gotta think you can't you gotta take everything with a grain of salt. But just the, some of the things were like kind of like eh, I don't know man like like the fact that these orcas can can live to like. 80 years or a hundred years and they're living their life expectancy inside inside the uh the sea world is like 30 years like, yeah that's just insane and to they'll me. just say that they're like their life expectancy is 30 years and they're like no it's not yeah so that was one of the things that kind of got the gears turning going like huh maybe maybe sea world isn't so great after all yeah <laughs> that definitely opens up your eyes a little yeah. bit how do you feel about it chuck um what's your I don't take know. on it i just always like think like when I guess coming from the ocean, when they take them from the ocean and bring them in, that's like shitty. Yeah. But how do we really know how something feels that's grown inside a tank? True. And you, like if you were. Well, if, it's not even just that though. It's the fact that they're like sticking them with like. Oh yeah, you know, no, 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 no. Like, I know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like if you can actually like take care of them correctly, mm. not do all that. I think it's all still pretty evil. Yeah. You know? I've, I want to go vegan one day or whatever. Yeah, and then you start you know? getting into the meat documentaries <laughs> and you start like, oh, crap, everything I've been doing my whole life is wrong. I mean, I did go somewhere that changed my mind a little bit about that when I went on a trip to Laguna recently. I mean, we went to California and just drove up to Laguna. Mm-hmm. Um, where's, they, where's Laguna? Um, It's a little past like Long Beach. It's definitely still... Laguna Beach? Yeah, oh, Laguna Beach, okay. yeah. That's what I think. He's like, okay, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it's all the same area. Okay. Um, but we went to this marine mammal center. It was like a Pacific marine mammal center where, you know, they rescue actual starved like sea lions and stuff. And they bring them there and they rehabilitate them and feed them and everything. And then they release them. That's cool. So, mm-hmm. and when we went there at first, you know, I'm like waving at all the sea lions and they're all so freaking cute. Their eyes are so big. <laughs> they're just like big water puppies. And... What we didn't know is like when you're staring at them, they're trying to look behind them. And so they just like literally turn their whole like head and neck back and their eyes are just physically like looking behind them. It's pretty crazy looking. Damn. But they're so cute. And the lady who was helping us out and, you know, showed us around, she's like, you know, we don't want you waving at them because we want to return them to the wild someday. We don't want them to want to come up to people. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't want them to want to be stuck there and then she did show us that they have one who got too comfortable there and he won't make it being put back out and then you know she also showed us that there's a blind one so she's going to stay around and they have um a bunch of different pools and they clean them out and they move them to different pools so they kind of have like a shuffling system and they have binders of 
you know, you see pictures of them when they were first captured and they're so skinny and tiny and they're like, look at him now. And he's mm-hmm. like big and huge. And you're just like, yeah, you guys are doing good things. So I think that was the only time. I think <laughs> sea creatures are so interesting, man. I, I, the fact that we don't even know everything that's out there in the ocean is, is mind boggling to me. Yes. The Megalodon. Like, the Megalodon. You saw that video. I saw that. I saw the movie. Okay, I watched saw, it. Okay. Dang. I saw the Megalodon. I don't know, man. There, there, there's, there's some videos that I've seen that are basically like, like even whales are so big. They're so big. That, that, that if they if they, if they <laughs> like if somehow you were you managed to pick one up like and put it on land it would die not not because it doesn't have water air but because of, of its weight and gravity and mass it, it would just crush itself under its own weight i'm like damn i never thought about that like there's n- gravity doesn't work the same in water yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like you can actually float around and not have to worry about things like that yeah because like how big is the whale like i think it's like bigger than this house for sure some of them it's like Probably. two of these like, houses maybe uh, yeah it's three of these crazy. houses maybe I, I don't want to speak five lies. Of these yeah, I was going to say maybe like, like six of these houses. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Just and this is how rumors get started. <laughs> yeah, man. Megalodon. Isn't that the one that was the shark? That's a shark, right? And it's got the. Uh, it, it, does, it doesn't exist right now, does it? Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. No, we, we're gonna talk I don't know. They found like this big shark not too long ago and it looked like it was like 90 years old. And I thought, you said, was bro, I thought huge. you said shark Nazi. <laughs> What? I thought you said I, they found the shark Nazi long ago. I'm like shark he Nazi. Did? What? <laughs> yeah, conspiracy. He said hi. <laughs> no, the, the, we're not Nazis. <laughs> there, there's a. I mean, there's a lot of creatures that are just just as intelligent as humans. You know, I mean, not to the point where they're gonna start building things, but like consciousness and all that stuff. Was it uh, dolphins? Dolphins. Uh, they're 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 very and just the fact that they can like use their use their was it that part of their head that is like sonic and we they watched can, finding dory what was it called yeah <laughs> i can't remember the, ooh. yeah yeah and i think what was it the, uh, there was this video that i watched that said that whales are like super loud like if, if if you could actually hear one up close like your ears would explode of how loud they are oh my god uh but that, that's why that's why you're able to hear them like under like the, from, the, so, far yeah, from so far away you can hear their moans and all that stuff it's crazy yeah. it's cool to look at this <laughs> setup now because i had no idea that this is what it looked like what the uh, podcast setup yeah yeah, yeah. you just We're... think that you're all in the line or something <laughs> oh really like <laughs> <laughs> it's you and then it's you and then it's me yeah no we uh we we, we took our time kind of figuring out how we wanted to shoot this because this podcast originally started like in the living room no it started, no, no, it started here. here but we had like a blue wall background and then uh, it was just me and him sitting next to each other, and they were like, "Okay, we got to figure out how we're gonna have guests on here because the camera's not wide enough, and if it is, it's you know it's too complicated to shoot." Uh, so then it moved from here to the living room. That's where we started the multi-camera stuff, mm-hmm. and then we brought it back in here. It's like, oh, let's just put it in the corner. We have this this space. Let's utilize it real quick. Sorry for yeah. me swallow. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> but we should be we should be moving to a new location sooner than later. Hopefully, in the next two months. Hopefully, have like a dedicated area that's yeah. not the kitchen. <laughs> and we can have shelves, you know, like cool backgrounds with like, you know, comic books and No. And yeah, bro, I wanna do that. No. Well we're Isn't so, that copyright shit? Copyright? No. Bro. It, we just go to IKEA, get a nice shelf. Put yeah, we can get pictures. Yeah. You can you can post your photos. I'd Ooh. rather have that. Yeah. Or Hope's photos. Oh, let's oh. talk about let's talk about uh printing your pictures. How do you feel about printing pictures? Do you think that's like a lost art? Um, well recently I've done it just because I you know, it was a part of little exhibitions. Mm-hmm. So the actual first time I printed my photos was, I think, the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And my first encounter wasn't a good one. <laughs> Ooh, how <laughs> so, do you mean? 
So um, I wanted to get three big prints on kind of like a cardboard setup. And so I did it through Walmart. And that was, I guess, my big mistake, maybe. Going through um, Walmart? Yeah. I I'm going to say yes. I wanted just the bigger prints to be cheap because I wasn't going to sell them. At least I didn't have that like plan to. Yeah. Um, and so I had submitted the photos and I went to go pick up the photos. And when I get there, um, well, like on my way driving there, I get a phone call and this lady is like, hey, sorry, you can't come pick these pictures up. They're copyrighted. And she's like, you need to have the right copyright forms if you want to pick up the pictures. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they're my photos. I took the photos. She's yeah. like, no, you didn't. They're from a movie. We need to see proof. We need the right forms what? and stuff. And I'm like, I took the photos. I will go home and get my camera and the SD cards right now and I'll show them to you. And she's like, all right, do it. And like hung up the phone. And I'm like, <laughs> So we had to turn around. Damn, this is the sassiest <laughs> no Walmart employee way. ever, man. First of I'm all. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm, I, the first time, this is the first time I'm ever printing my photos. Yeah. Why'd she say that? Was she just like, I think they this, went ready? I think it's just a new thing, bro. No, it's just a new thing that they have to ask you for copyright. Well, so yeah. when I when I had showed up what? there, I, you know, physically opened up my camera. I had to go on my SD card. I had to like go search and find the photos. So the pictures were pictures of jellyfish, um, pictures of... It was a picture of this, like, cool building that I saw in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And then the other picture was me. And so I go there and I show him and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, are you guys going to apologize or say anything? Like, they were actually my photos. He's like, well, they were just so well done that they looked very professional and all that oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, Take that I as mean, a compliment. I guess it's a compliment. But after having to go through that and everyone being kind of rude. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even nice about it. Didn't even say sorry. I'm, I'm just mad that they didn't say the movie. <laughs> they were just like, it's from a well, movie. Well, that's what I said. I said, what movie? What movie did you guys think it was from? Yeah. Like, I, I definitely came there with an attitude. Yeah. But I'm still so nice. He's and like, I'm finding just like, Nemo. <laughs> here's the money. I'm going to go take these, you know? Well, I'm not going to lie, though. Like, your, your photos are very... Uh, when when I look at them, they're 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 very there's there's a lot of color in them, so you automatically think it's from a movie. Like it's got that you know it doesn't it doesn't look like that 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 uh raw feeling of like you know perfect skin tones. It's it's usually very colored. Um, so I mean I can see like especially with like looking at movies like uh you know like the, how they always use teal and orange kind of thing, and everybody's nobody looks like an actual human. They have these tones to them. That's probably what made him go like oh it's from a movie. Cause it, it doesn't look like you could just like you have to set it up to take that photo. Do you still have that jellyfish photo? Um, is I it on so. your Instagram? Let me see. I was like, let me look at my phone. I could show you guys. Right That'd now. be kind of cool. So you first started getting into like landscape with your with your T six I. Yeah. At what point did you realize like, oh, I want to start taking portraits of people? Like people are kind of cool to take photos of. Well, I never even had like any specific idea or anything that I wanted to do. Like when I got the camera, I just watched a lot of videos about ISO, shutter speed, this, that. Um, I mean, the first camera and my first photo experience was in high school. We did CSI photography. And so we had like the Rebel T3Is and that's, we learned how to take pictures of dead bodies and like crime scene stuff. Oh, damn. But, you know, we did get a crash course and like ISO shutter speed and everything. So we did learn about an actual camera before we even learned about how to take those types of photos. Mm -hmm. And so when I got my camera, I would kind of just say like, hey, we can go hang out and I'll just take some pictures of you if you're down. Mm -hmm. So I Is do, it you, you and your classmates. Well, well, that not at that time. I, I came back to the present time. Oh, OK, <laughs> <laughs> we we're time traveling back. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I got my camera and I took the landscape photos, you know, I just started hanging out with people, bringing my camera everywhere I went. And so a lot of my photos were kind of just 
lifestyle photos, but not even really lifestyle photos because I would go back and kind of add colors and manipulate them. Mm -hmm. So I just had this idea to take pictures of everything. And mm -hmm. I just see something. I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The light right here looks so good. Let me take this picture really quick. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just dead stop one of my friends like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, oh, Chuck, I see the light. It's coming mm -hmm. right behind you, you know? And that's you, like the you, fun You were that part. person. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so, okay, so so you mentioned the uh, films having like a big impact on your on your learning experience for like taking photos. Like, is that kind of why your photos aren't aren't so? Um, how can I how can I put this? Like, if you look at my photos, I preserve the skin tones. I'm always like trying to film to like, or I'm trying to photograph to the point where like it looks like I, I didn't I didn't shift it. I didn't yeah like I didn't shift the colors too far to this side or to that side. It looks more natural. But your photos are very like. It looks like they were just standing in a room that that that's the color of the light. You know what I mean? Is it did, did films play a part in how you started coloring your photos? Um I, yes, and I would say maybe just the the artist in me. I like making things not look like you could just go see it right there. You mm -hmm. know, I I just wanted to make something that made you feel. You know, you watch a movie and there's those tones and those colors and you perceive those characters differently. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to perceive this person as some regular schmegular, you know, yeah. like I want them to have this moment, you know, and films definitely played a role in that. Um, Michelle Gondry, who also directed um, um, The Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Michelle Gondry or Michael Gondry? The right pronunciation he goes by michelle gondry but it is probably michael gondry because oh, okay. oh, oh, it's just spelled like m-i-c-h-e-l it's not even like michael oh okay gotcha so it almost looks like michelle gondry. michelle michelle michael michael yeah <laughs> but he does these really colorful films and someone had introduced me to this movie called mood indigo that's directed by him mm -hmm. and it was just the most visually pleasing the craziest movie i had ever seen and there was just so many pinks so many purples so many like vibrant colors that i just stopped being afraid of toying with colors i just mm -hmm. went in and i really go in to the hues and i just see what gives me a feeling like i'll just sit there in the shadow tan i'm like all right all right all right all right well stop going the other one i'm like all right all right all right all right all right all right and i'm yeah. like oh there we go that's cool it's hey, do, so do, weird do, do, do you edit in uh, lightroom is um, that what you use lightroom and photoshop okay. so sometimes i think there's necessary things to do in photoshop but a lot of the fun is in Lightroom. So but both the editing aspect of editing photos, like Lightroom and Photoshop, you taught yourself through YouTube and stuff like that? Um, yeah, watching a lot of videos. But like I said, I would always edit photos on my phone. Mm. So I think doing that kind of abstract and doing that differently kind of helped me with even just doing it now. Yeah, I've always just had a different way of looking at it besides, you know, a girl standing somewhere near a fridge. Like I want it to be like, I don't know, something just so abstract and otherworldly that it's not tangible. It's crazy that you would say that because I feel like Instagram is one of those platforms that definitely like got everybody started in like editing your photos because back in the day and I remember like back to like 2008, 2007 when we took photos and we uploaded to like MySpace or, or even Facebook, like we never really edited them. It was like never something that you went through of like, okay, I'm going to change the color. Oh, that's a dope photo. This was the jellyfish. Everybody, oh, who's, listening, everybody who's into the audio podcast, she's Sorry. showing us a, a photo of jellyfish that she took and it's, it's Put super, it in your face so I'm probably, I'm pretty oh, sure oh, it won't, it probably won't even be exposed <laughs> properly. No, it's working. Oh, is it? Kind of. Tilt a little bit more forward. Like, yeah, it looks right, like finding right there, Nemo. Boom. 
Damn. <laughs> That's surreal. It almost That's looks not, like those yeah, the, like tight. those jellyfish are on LSD or something. Yeah, this, this was just like me messing with my camera settings and stuff. I think this is even a raw photo. I don't even think this is that edited. Damn. But yeah, well, what was I saying? Some, uh, fo <laughs> photos. Oh yeah, photos. When you when you, like back in the day, we didn't think about editing photos at all. Mm -mm. It was like you upload raw. And I remember this because I go on my MySpace page and I'm like, I never edited any, any of these I pictures. I think I just when I first started because I had homies who were doing it, like just basic things like the levels, contrast. And then when I started learning about curves and shit, I was like. Oh shit! You can change the colors when you're you like, hit the red the and yeah. the blue and the green. Yeah. But my shit was always ugly as well. <laughs> I was like, "What am I doing?" Thank God for presets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, back then, like, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't like popping like that. There wasn't a lot of teal and orange. There wasn't light room presets all out there. It you, was really like. You want to know what's crazy though is like those those super overdone Instagram filters. Remember that like the the low fire or whatever. The, <laughs> Are you talking about the ones text? with the frames? The ones with the frames, like those those filters. I used to love. Me them. too, bro. Well, you know, I, I I would take a photo of like a banana or like a freaking apple or something, and I put that filter on them. Like, damn, I just created some art. Like, this is dope. Like, now because it's the it was Fuji, the Fuji yeah. app. That's the new one. Well, I don't even. I don't even. Yeah, I, don't I do see everybody that. use that. Cause You're like about the overlays, like the the grain and all that. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody goes through phases of editing. Like I think my biggest like one was when you lifted the shadows, and it was kind of like you had those fit that faded kind of look. But what's crazy? I still like that. I still love that look. I, I overdid it though. <laughs> like hella. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that's just different and unique, I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. But I think the Instagram world, there is a big part to where. You know, people really do love the photos that you produce because they are so crisp and crisp and so clear and they do have such a professional look to it mm -hmm. that not everyone's taste is what I create. But I think it's also what I do is so different. I, I think I would have to like sit down and explain to people the thought process, you know, behind some of the colors and behind, I guess, what I'm doing because I'll just manipulate a photo and really bring out something to where, like I said, I get that feeling of like, well, like, I think we're done. It's yeah. so, I, I've never in my life felt this way, even about drawing or anything in general, other than talking or connecting with people to be able to take a picture and have someone like jump up and down and be like, Whoa, that was so dope. And then I edit it and they're like, Oh my gosh, like it's so dreamy. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm addicted to that. Yeah. It's super, oh, real quick for the dolphin thing. Somebody commented sonar. <laughs> Oh, sonar. Hey. That's what it is. <laughs> nice. Oh, dang. Nice. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. Oh, he knew. We watched hey. the movie together. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I've never had that feeling for one of my uh, for one of my photos because I, I never feel like it's finished. Like, I'm always, I'm such a big critic when it comes to, like, my photos. Like, I, I that's why sometimes why I stop posting for the longest time because I feel into the, I feel, I fall into these, like, kind of, like, state of minds where I'm like, oh, it's not good yet. Or I need to learn how to edit better before I do this. Do like, you think it's because you're like comparing yourself to other people? Definitely, 100%. And just like trying to either not One, follow a trend, but just... I yeah. don't want to follow a trend, but I also like, I look at my work and I'm like five years from now am i gonna be happy with this or is this because i remember looking at my like if i look at photos that i took last year i'm like oh damn i, I overdid it with that or these colors are too strong and i'm like i wish i could redo it redo it which you can't always redo it at any time but it's like i don't know i just i feel like i maybe it's because in my state of mind of like i i think i should take a class that teaches me the fundamentals of like mm -hmm. color and all that stuff because everything that i know now is self-taught like it's like just kind of like you you know but i'm just like i critique myself so badly and i shouldn't but I think you need to get yourself out of that technical mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I would start going to these Insta Meet Las Vegas um, 
things out here yeah and you get a lot of people who start talking about the specifics of your camera the megapixels i, I got i got 42 megapixels megapixels uh, you know they get they get all into it and then you compare shout images. out to andrew <laughs> yeah, you. You, you start to compare images and you know i feel like i just have I just want to tell a story, you know, I just don't want it to be someone standing somewhere anymore. You know, yeah. I do like those photos and people do want those photos. Yeah. But there's, there's something more to like taking a photo that, that you're like, okay, somebody would have to do a lot to recreate this photo. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I was lucky enough. I do event photography also. And I shoot for this event out here called soul state every month. And they're um, about house music and everything. Shout out to Soul State. Yeah, Soul State, they're really great. Mm -hmm. um, they help. They hold it at Artifice. And so I'm always taking the photos for their events. And one event, this chick was trying to put these glasses in front of my camera. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> and she's like, here, try it. You know? And they're these funky, weird looking kaleidoscopy, like jewel. Yeah. You knew, you knew? Yeah. Yeah, it was totally Jules. Uh, Shout out to Jules. So she, I don't know who Jules is. Yeah. <laughs> I think her name is like Jules Rules Official or yeah. something on Instagram. Yeah. But no, definitely shout out to her. She started putting the lens in. You know, their house music events, they have so much color, so much neon, um, so much going on that it would catch some of the light differently and add something to my photos that would make it so unique. And then yeah. the more I kind of move it around, the more I kind of yeah, I finesse with it. And it becomes and more of your art, you think? Because you like you made that decision to move it that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it Well, that and it's so unique to the people that I shoot for. Because sometimes, you know, say it might pick up the candles that are there. So then you'll have like a ring of candles. Yeah, or maybe like 20 like, of them just like. Yeah, I so it started um, adding just such a crazy element. I don't know if you guys saw my story yesterday or from a shoot I did last night. I had used that lens during shooting at night at the wetlands, and it had gotten such a crazy, like, beams of light through the photo that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you're going to freak out. I'm like, come over here, look at this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool, you know? And that's not even edited yet, and it's something that's completely its own image. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like film, you know, I kind of – I'm trying to do it in that one moment, but it's also really hard. You know, I'm like a pack mule. I'm holding two backpacks. I have a jacket on me. I'm holding my camera and I'm also trying to finesse this glass thing to take a picture. Yeah. So I do feel the effort, you know, and when I go home and I sit down and I get to look at them, that's like when the real fun happens. And I feel that with like, you know, film is a little bit, I think we should all try start shooting with it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just do the fact that. I'm going to just when, do shooting on my iPhone. That's it. No, well, the thing is, the reason I say film, maybe, why it might be kind of fun is because, you know, you it's not like digital where you can keep taking multiple photos. It's like, this is going to be the photo, and hopefully you get it. You know what I mean? I got, 20, I got 26 kinda, rolls in, or 26 yeah. uh, photos I can take. Yeah, just get it. Oh, actually, you can just get like a two megabyte card <laughs> and just be like, well, I can only take <laughs> six photos, and that's it. I think uh, I, I just want to start doing that. Because who is that uh, Instagram person you showed me? Is that girl Which who one? takes the film photography, like in the ghetto? Oh, I don't know. Film photography in the ghetto. And she had like black and white photos. Remember like the one where she's sitting on the bed with her baby and there's the cross? Oh, that was something I found on Pinterest, bro. That was dope. That's yeah, the stuff that's that a, I'm like. But it's also, you're, you're talking about an image that, that tells a story of like, yeah, like, of like that, that you look at that photo and especially me being Hispanic, like I look at that photo, I'm like, oh dude, that's, that's my that's a lot. Right? That's my <laughs> aunt. You know what I mean? Like I, I saw that growing up. It was a dope photo. It was like a black and white shot. And it was like a, a, a young, young mother, like probably like in her teens. And she's holding a baby 
And then uh, you could just tell like the scene it's would just it, it just looked impoverished like with stuff all over the place. But then there was also like a, a like a like a cross on the wall, and it was like it really pulled you into that cross, and it goes like ah oh, like you know there there's a story there, yeah. and it, it gives you it definitely gives yeah. you like because the composition is so nice because she was like in the bottom left, yeah, and then the cross was like in the top right, really yeah. small. But I'm like damn, thirds. I don't know why some of those photos will hit me so hard, and I'm like. Yeah, I, I just don't get it, but it speaks a lot. Composition's mm-hmm. a big deal. That's why I think you would love Wes Anderson films. The second you start watching them, it really makes you yeah, think he's about. No joke. Like now, the second I see something's even like a little out of a line, I'm just yeah. like, like you know, just easing it up, trying mm-hmm. to play with it. Um, someone I like on Instagram is this Trippy Dana girl. Um, so dope. Trippy Dana. Trippy Dana. Um, she was a big influence and an inspiration to me with photography because everything that she does is just so unique and, and so colorful. Is this film? Um, I'm not sure if she shoots film or digital, but um, I've always loved her stuff and I always chat her up. And one day she followed me back and I literally almost died. I was like, damn, oh my she's God. super dope. Yeah, yeah. She's super tight. Her colors I'm, are I'm so. I'm like blinded by her feet right now. So that's much like color. A, what would that be like? Like 70s? Like that, that, that is inspiring to me. Like that is the projection I'm going because all of her photos, they make you feel something. You're like, damn, 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 you know? Yeah. It doesn't look like she, she worked too hard on like the technical aspect, but like just like capturing the composition and color and editing and all that stuff went into effect. Like if, like I look at this photo right here and the background looks semi like what my eye would see, but then her, she's completely different color. She's She's blue. blue. She's blue. I'm like, whoa. But it does give you, it almost gives you like the, the sense of you're looking at a mermaid on this photo because the way her legs are posed as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, like she's super dope. And I learned a lot from this um, photographer on YouTube, The Art of Photography, or Ted Forbes. He's kind of been on YouTube for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the second I got my camera, I was always watching his videos. And, um, you know, he does these, what is it called? Like but like photo assignments. Yeah. So I even have a book that's called photo assignments and it's kind of a bunch of different pages of different things and different ideas to shoot. It'll say, follow someone around and just take pictures of everything around the area, but don't take a picture of the person, you know, like little things like that. But, you know, Ted Forbes, he created these photo assignments to where, you know, he'll create a video saying, okay, this week I want you guys to try to do this and you can submit to him. Mm -hmm. And so he did a video with, self-portraits or like that was the focus Mm -hmm. and that's something that i've excelled in i've always taken self-portraits i I mean people try to take selfies but once i got a camera i kind of got serious about Mm -hmm. it and i'm like okay let me set it up i can you know connect it to my phone i can kind of fix the focus i can kind of mess around with it and so um one day i had gotten i don't know i was really down in the dumps i was thinking about my dad you know i haven't talked to him in a long time and I was really upset and I had just read a message that he sent me on Facebook saying, you know, like, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I miss you type stuff. And it's been like nine years, you know? Yeah. And so I, you know, wore some makeup and I kind of cried, but I took like some pictures of me feeling those emotions in my bathroom and I had created this really crazy image and then I had submitted it and he had followed me back and then put me in his video. And I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe I'm kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and not even like, then that's in crazy. A, I'm like the shit kind of way more of like, wow, like maybe I'm in the right direction, you know, because yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. just like say, I'm going to do camera stuff. You know, I just kind of got a camera, started having fun, started really seeing things and realizing like, no, like this is dope. Like this is what 
I can see myself doing, you know? Damn, that's one of the, you just mentioned something about taking a photo of yourself when you were feeling a certain way to capture that mood, right? Yeah. That's something that, that, that I think that I feel like that takes a lot just because like, I know when I'm feeling bad, the least, and I don't know, maybe it's something I need to fix. Like the least, the last thing I want to do is pick up a camera, is create period. Like when I'm feeling bad, I'm just like, just leave me alone. I'm going to, I'm going to lay down for a second or something. You know what I mean? But so when you take a photo of yourself, like, damn, that's, I feel like that's a, uh, it takes a lot of Plus courage. Plus you're getting like emotion yeah. that you're never going to Well, think get of again. the best songs that you've ever listened to. You know, yeah. those people really suffered or really felt something and then they created that song. They maybe sat on that feeling for a little while, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, it, it sometimes just comes out, you know, I wouldn't say every time I'm sad, I'm like trying to take a selfie or something, but that was just one of those moments that I'm like, you know what? I need to see how I'm feeling right now because I'm still really angry at that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he reached out to me, he didn't say like, I miss your brother and your sister. You know, how are you guys? I'm sorry. I haven't written to you. It was kind of just like really about him. Mm-hmm. And so that's what hurt. And that's what I was trying to capture. Have you gotten any kind of closure with your dad? Um, no. And I think that that's something that I want to work on soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd ever <laughs> do like a whole thing about it. Yeah. But I mean, the last things that I've heard is that he found God and changed his life. He doesn't drink alcohol anymore. He's married to a Filipino woman. Um, little things like that. That's all I know. Yeah. But it's also kind of hard to think that this person who has like a devil tattoo on him to be a believer of God and all of these things. And at the same token, I've recently been feeling like, you know, I, I have friends who've passed away recently and, um, people are dying and you hear about these rappers dying and, you know, not even just like rappers, but you know, people die and you start to think like, I haven't talked to my dad. And what if one of us dies? Yeah. No one's going to know, you know, who we are at this age, you know, time, you know, changes people. And so I think I need to eventually give him that opportunity and also relieve myself of this pain. I think I felt for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn it. Emotion is such a big thing. (laughs) I was going to say, how, how do you feel about, because this is something that I kind of like dealt with in the past, uh, like two, maybe two years ago, I think it's been now. Uh, how do you feel about people taking photos at like a funeral or like a, like at a, it's kind of weird. think it's weird. I mean, I also think about, think of the people who photograph natural disasters or even journalists and stuff. I think oh, yeah, that's like kind of weird. The war, yeah. They're like, look, this dog's drowning and they're filming it. I'm like, why aren't you jumping in there saving the damn dog? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of <clears throat> the human in me. I can't just sit back and watch something like that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if it's a kid and he tripped and spilled his milk, I'll be there. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I think because uh, I've always heard like of wedding photographers and but it's like something. A funeral just, photographer. Yeah, I, I, I heard about that know recently. There was Dude, I swear. I swear. Yeah, that's crazy. There, uh, there's this guy who who does uh, funeral videos like where he like he actually films the entire thing and it, i don't know like it's one of those things man that's it feels weird you go there and you do it once i don't want to see it again yeah. yeah but i mean it's like the video that i saw was like super cinematic like it showed like the family crying and everything like that and uh showed like them carrying the casket why would you want to relive that moment i though? personally i don't know but also <laughs> it's just the fact that you maybe one day you want to remember what that day was like like you're kind of like no, no no longer in the, in the moment moment of like being sad and you're kind of like well what what was 
Sorry, that's me in the background. <laughs> He's kicking of, a dildo. Jeez, <laughs> that you took it there. I'm gonna kick it away right now. I'm gonna kick it away. I mean, I can see it from here. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, uh, you know, because uh, and think about it, like if my if my parents passed away, like I would be sad as hell. But it's also like maybe some people would just want to be like, I want to remember what my mother's last day on this planet was like, or like her last day of like ever being around people was like. It could be to that level. And maybe I just haven't gotten there emotionally. You know, like maybe I'm just not as evolved as I should be. I don't know. It's Honestly, just... can I mention something? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you guys have ever dabbled in um, hallucinogens or psychedelics or anything like that. I haven't personally. I have. But I would say that that is definitely an experience that will open your mind up to so many different emotions that you're kind of like... I don't know. You're kind of dumbfounded at mm-hmm. how much there still really is that we don't understand about ourselves. Yeah. Um, but there had been times where like the first time that I did acid or anything like that, um, the feelings that you have and you think about afterwards kind of play in your mind, not so much about like this weird night that you had, but kind of like, what was I thinking about then? Mm-hmm. And when I had first done it, I thought that maybe I felt kind of crazy, but the more that I had thought about the experience, I'd realized I felt like I was a collection of all of the ages that I'd been up until this point. Like they had all kind of peaked out. You know, sometimes I would whisper. Sometimes I would say something really like smart. Sometimes I would say something really stupid, you know, and then I'm crying about how my sister's growing up, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, she's going to be like, you know, older and, you know, all of that stuff. But I would say that if you kind of are puzzled or you don't really know some of that stuff i'm not saying like go out and go do drugs but i'm saying if you ever feel like there's a good time for you to try yeah. it'll definitely expand the way that you feel emotions and think about emotions have you ever done ayahuasca no, no? what's that Ooh, chuck this is your moment right here my <laughs> moment i haven't even done it we've we don't, chuck, what is the but ayahuasca? i'm saying we, we've had guests on here that oh yeah explain that, it. my memory sucks you know it's that. um it's just another thing you can trip on but uh, it's like you have a spiritual journey. And the thing about it, though, is way longer. It can go from 24 to three days. Can it oh. go longer than that? Oh, I don't my think gosh. So. Yeah. And, um, Wait, I thought the, the, you mean the, the whole mind trip part of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh I thought Gabe, uh, Gabe mentioned that you could, you could go in and out the same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. dosage. I'm just saying the dosage. I think the highest dosage will make you trip for like oh, okay. three days. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But it's legal yeah. out here. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's I actually a place you it. can go to, and there's like a whole facility you can check it, check yourself into and do it. It's and, a Native American yeah. place, and you have to get accepted in. And then they'll do the whole ceremony and everything, and they'll watch you and make sure you're you good. You should watch our episode with Gabe. Yeah. And, yeah. He talks okay. about it at the end. I was yeah. like, I've watched a lot of episodes, so I guess I missed some of one. Yeah, yeah. Gabe's, Gabe's <laughs> was episode 21. Uh, uh, we we just put his episode what like two a week or two yeah, ago. Is he, the, is he the yogi one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, digital hippie. He's dope. <laughs> I, That's so I've homie. seen some of it. I just didn't get to that part. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's 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 crazy man. I, you know he's got me got me on this whole uh fasting thing where I do like 18 hour fasts. The intermittent fasting. Inter- yeah, intermittent where you just don't chug eat, you, water. <laughs> yeah, you basically, basically just drink water and any ca- any calories in will break your fast. So like if I decide to take a bite of cheese at eight <laughs> o'clock at night i gotta start over see i'm hypoglycemic and mm. i'm What's also so it just means like i need food in my body like mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i have low iron too so anytime that i'm not eating i get really shaky and i'll oh. like pass out so oh, shit. i don't think that that will work for me yeah that's me after about three red bulls <laughs> and i'm a stoner so i get hungry you know? oh yeah you definitely got to get the munchies then 
Now, yeah, I, I went 26, 26 or 27 hours without eating, and I felt like I could have gone even longer. But some people, some of the people do like do like forty eight to seventy two hour fast. Yeah. No, that's crazy. What about you? You want any diet? Um, I do the intermittent fasting. I've finally that it just started back on my like good diet. You know, like it's not technically good. It's soylent. <laughs> it's like powdered food, but it has all the nutrients and stuff that I definitely don't get because I hate vegetables. Like with the you passion. You hate veggies. Spinach is the only thing I can eat. <gasps> I but, love spinach. Yeah, but I everything like else, I shit nasty. I can eat peppers. I can eat. <laughs> Now that I think about it, I can eat other vegetables. Keem's offended. No. <laughs> I'm doing the, the ketogenic right now. Ketogenic plus intermittent fasting. Is it keto or keto? Ke- I, keto? Call it, I call it ketogenic. I like, just, yeah, I'm sure it could do. You could, yeah, tomato, tomato. Keto, keto. Sorry for my no, sniffles. I'm, I'm, almost one, I'm almost 100% sure it's ketogenic. Yeah, because ketosis. Because Joe Rogan said ketogenic. Oh, then it must be right. What yeah. did Elon Musk say? No, just kidding. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I don't think he's ever even heard of the ketogenic diet. I don't know though. He's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. I I just eat. You just eat. <laughs> well, do you do you ever want to go? Sorry. Do you ever want to go vegan or any of that type of stuff, or you don't care? I mean, I definitely had tried cutting out meat at one point. I watched this movie on Netflix called Okja. And oh, it's such a sad movie. That was the movie where I was like, I can't look at a pig. I can't eat a meat. I can't do nothing. And so for like two months, I didn't eat any meat. But then, you know, it starts to get expensive and it's not realistic with what we have going on. And of course, like that's a really sad excuse, but I kind of just didn't have the time to really curate and think of everything that I'm going to eat every single meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've, uh, I think, I think honestly, it depends on the person. Like if you can sustain that and you found a routine that works for you and you're doing it, Do for, it. Yeah. for not just health, but also like personal reasons and things like that, like go, by all means, but it's not, I don't think it's like. A standard that I feel everybody should be held to. It's because there you know, is unhealthy yeah, vegans. Yeah, because there, you know? there is yeah. a way to be unhealthy. I mean, when you you're can eat vegan. potato chips and be like, "I'm vegan," but that's yeah. terrible for yeah. you. Well, even just just GMO foods that yeah. are vegan that are trying to imitate the flavor. Yeah, they color. have all the same processed yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Well, um, like I mean, as long as you're not getting crazy with it, I mean, I still try to phase out meat sometimes. But if I'm out and about, I'm not so strict on myself. I think it's just kind of thinking sometimes about how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to feel sluggish? All right, I'm going to go eat all that pasta. You know, mm-hmm. do I want to feel a little light? You know, just being conscious, yeah. I think, is good. Moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think not being a butthole to anybody about what their diet is is a whole other thing, too. I just, people are going to eat and do what they want. That's yeah. it. I, I used to think that that the key to, like, losing weight and all that stuff was uh, working out. I didn't realize how, how big of a part your diet was in it you know or how much that affected it mm-hmm. like i haven't gone to the gym at all bro and since i got back on keto like i've dropped 11 pounds that's crazy you know and i haven't i haven't done any more physical activity than i normally would but that's also like your brother he went vegan and he, yeah, he, he dropped lost, so like, much he lost weight. like 50 pounds you know yeah. just from changing his diet yeah i'm like that's a lot it's <laughs> too much all right so so to kind of wrap it up because i think we're we're kind of like nearing our uh our the end of our mm-hmm. uh episode i think we're here. hour 30 nice I didn't even, that was an hour 30. That was an hour 30. Yeah. She's like, I thought we'd been here for like 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> uh, you mentioned to me being a self-help hoe. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know I had said it like that. Um, just, I love learning about how to be a better person, how to be a better you, a better me. Um, I read that book, um, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero or Sincero or something like that. And she really talks about, changing your mindset you know you can do the things that you want to do um things are possible 
And then, you know, I had watched this video. I can't remember what his name is, but he's a photographer also. And he talked about how we're not really that talented. And he's like, it's not so much that I don't think anyone has talent or whatever, but anybody can obtain a talent. You know, Mm -hmm. not everyone who does back handsprings just did a back handspring once. You know, a lot of times it's been years of work, years of doing that. And, you know, we see people doing the things that we want to do. But instead of saying like, you know, they took all those steps to get there. We're like, oh, I want to do that. Like, that's not fair. I can't get there. You know, and then Mm -hmm. we have envy instead of, okay, well, let me read their success story. Let me figure out how they got to that point. And then you start to realize that that's possible for yourself. So that was a really neat video to kind of open your mind to, you know, if there is anything that I want to do or be talented at, I can get there. Um, And then I started reading about how successful people have morning routines. And I'm like, I don't have a morning routine at all. And I'm kind of in a funk sometimes, you know, when you're a freelancer, you're doing everything from home. There's just days to where you don't want to do anything and you have things that you got to do and you're not really on track and you want to get on track. And so I'm trying to get myself in this mode of, you know, waking up, making my bed, drinking water, um, trying to meditate, trying to write and plan my day out instead of everything just being on my phone right when I wake up. Um, And so I've done it for, I would say like a week or so now, and I've missed like three days, but it's been... I don't know. One of those things to where I feel better doing it. Wait, like, so can even you explain what you do? Like just the process? Like what's the routine? Oh. You just said it. Oh, no, so, no, no. I'm not talking well, about like. I'll, I'll do the whole list. Yeah. Um, so a lot of successful people, like they create their own morning routines. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you start to try to follow someone else's. But I was thinking, okay, what's important to me? I want to make my bed. That kind of makes me feel like I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't drink enough water. So I try to just chug a whole bunch of water. And then... Um, I'll write and plan out my day. I'll say, okay, I want to get these things done, kind of give myself little tasks. And then um, I'll read. So no matter how long it is, you know, five, 10 minutes, I kind of gauge. Mm -hmm. And then I meditate. So I turn on this like ocean wave sound on Spotify. And at first I used to do guided meditation and I would think that, okay, maybe that's what I need. But then I get too carried away in like what they're saying and how they're saying it. And then I fall asleep and, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I? <laughs> I just made it meditated myself into a slumber. But yeah, I'll meditate for like five minutes and now I'm just trying to focus on my breathing because it's really about trying to not think about anything. So then you'll start trying to think about your day and you're like, no, just think about the breathing. And that really just calms you down. Like afterwards, I feel calm. And then I try to do a little stretch and exercise because... I don't really work out and I haven't worked out since high school and people think cause you're thin that you're like fine, but I don't know. I just don't feel good sometimes. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to get a little exercise in there and then yeah. get ready for the day. You know, when you're a freelancer, it's good to actually look presentable, even though you're just at home because it makes you feel good about yourself. And then, yeah, I've noticed that like when, when I hit my, my bot, my rock bottom and I was 380 pounds, I was like, crap, I don't feel I don't feel like I even want to go out and shoot because I'm like I'm just gonna be sweating and breathing hard so like so yeah. much. It was such a big like, how do you say? Uh, it was just uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Me and my asthma. <laughs> you, yeah, you know you have asthma. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. trying to do a shoot, and you're like. Oh, <laughs> do you, so you still have to do the machine and everything? Yeah, um, I did a nebulizer before I, <laughs> I popped a nebulizer. No, Damn. I just did a nebulizer before I came here. What's a nebulizer like? What, what's asthma like? So I feel like I should know because my sister has it. No, you're okay. Like asthma you learn is um, just the airways to getting air into your lungs gets tight and Mm. it's a smaller hole. 
Um, and I always tell people it feels like a big sumo wrestler sat on my chest for like a day and then got up and that like feeling of him getting up and feeling that pain is what asthma feels like. Damn. And like, I've had times where I'm like, I've said like so many times <laughs> where I'm gasping for breath, you know, and you're like, I think I'm going to die. I think yeah, this might be it. the time. Yeah, when, I, when I used to have it and I used to be around like dogs and stuff because I'm allergic. Me it'd too. tighten up even more and you all your breath would be is like <gasps> and that's all you get like so you try your hardest asthma. you're allergic to dogs yeah did you have a dog bro huh? yeah i'm allergic still i i used to be worse love. Yeah. i'm allergic to dogs too my yeah. boyfriend they got a dog and, and there's another dog with us now too tell you one thing though you do build up it like you build up the yeah and immunity yeah. Yeah, yeah you still yeah. i still get itchy i still uh, get bumpy but. you know what's crazy is i had dogs growing up my whole life and when I was like 18, 19, I started realizing I was allergic because I, I was like, started Why getting itchy, itchy in my beard. Yeah, I was like, where am I itchy, man? And I go to my best friend's house and I just like one, like one of my eyes would not even open. I'm just like, you know, like tripping out. Damn, these out. allergies. Yeah, these allergies, <laughs> these allergies, man. No, but it that was, was like, only, cats. it was only, well, she had, she had dogs and she says they're hypoallergenic dogs. I'm like, I don't believe you. No, nah, because there's, and isn't there would, like dandruff or something in the dander. mouth? Dandruff. Dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dandruff. <laughs> I knew we couldn't go one episode without one. <laughs> Oops. No, yeah, that dander. that dander man. Yeah, he my, just thought of the dog dandruff. I was you know, like, like rough dandruff. Dandruff. I was just, I don't know that why. Was corny. I was that thinking was of really hair. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible dad joke. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make my son feel better. <laughs> okay, Thank you. Thank you. So, you, so, so your morning routine. You, you you do that every day. I'm trying to. Like I said, it's kind of a new thing for me, but I've always just read about people doing better things for themselves. And I think that getting involved, not getting involved, but getting into healthy habits helps you become a better person and more mm -hmm. productive. So that's kind of where I'm trying to go. I'm tired of being lazy and procrastinating or sometimes waiting to the last minute. I really want to be confident. I want to know what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, what I'm working on. Um, and kind of stray from social media a little bit. I think that we forget to how to be ourselves. Yeah. You know, everything is so like you can see an image and, you know, want to do a photo shoot a few days later. But, you know, that image kind of stuck in your head. And so your idea isn't even completely original. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you might think that it is, you know, just little things like that. I've started to notice, like, are my thoughts even my thoughts anymore? I think that even our words and our vocabulary, we all start saying the same things and it's all because we're all on our phones and we're all reading the same memes. And yeah, I'm trying to get more involved and intuitive and figure out like, who am I? Like, what's important to me? You know, what do I want to focus on? You know, not seeing people, you know, traveling around the world, doing all these crazy things and stuff. And then me just being like, I wish I was doing that, this, that, whatever, you know, now I'm like, okay, how can I get there? Let me start to focus on that you know yeah yeah i feel like i have a morning routine too i have to wake up at uh i have to be up like ready for work like at 7 30 so i set my alarm at 6 and then i set one at 6 30 and then i set one at 7 <laughs> that's my routine that, that way by the time my official alarm at 7 30 goes off i'm like i kind of like got, got used to the idea of waking up <laughs> <laughs> that's actually smart it, I, bro i know myself what, hey, what about, about you chuck? chuck what's your morning routine Man, I, I tried. I tried to follow Gabe's thing, you know. Of, like, like, not looking at your phone when you wake up? Uh, I do that already, but just, like, the <laughs> meditating. But yeah. I'm like, I tried to do it, and I fell back asleep. I was like, oops, okay, I can't do that right now. I don't know what it is, man. Like, I hate waking up in the morning, so I feel like when I when I wake up and it's my, my alarm on my phone going off, 
looking at the screen will help me wake up. You know what I mean? Because they say you're not supposed like to, to get your brain start. Yeah, to get your brain start. Yeah, you're reading yeah. comments or you're reading messages and stuff. Yeah, and your brain's kind of doing some kind of work because they say you're not supposed to like look at your phone when you're like going to sleep at night because then that'll help you. That'll keep you up. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like, well, if it's not supposed to be good for you, then I <laughs> might as well do it when I wake up. <laughs> yeah. Because that way I kind of, you know, have that uh thing in the back of my head. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this guy Art Vasilenko on on Instagram? No, who is this? He's a, he's a photographer in Israel. Oh uh, my god, this is so nice. I stumbled into his work a couple of uh, months ago, and I've been following his work for the longest time. It's like editorial, like studio portrait. Yeah, I think he only does like studio kind of portrait, and I think that's why that's it really resonated neat. with me too. Because I like I because he does studio stuff, and his is just like so out there. Yeah, 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 it, and that, that's what it off. was. That's <laughs> what it was actually. Um, is because you know how hot it gets out here in Vegas. You don't want to go out there and shoot. Yeah. So I'm like, I kind of like being in my house. And that's why we have like the background, the backdrop set up. Um, wow. And then I started looking at his work. I'm like, damn, his work is really different. But I think looking at his work, I was like, damn, I need to start doing black and white portraits. And that's kind of been my thing recently. It's black and, and white. And you do really good um, black and white portraits. Oh, thank you. Send me his page. I was like, or I could follow it right now. Yeah. I'll send it to you right now. But yeah, I, uh, that kind of wraps everything up a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. You have any more questions for Hope? No. Hope he kind of knows you inside and out at this point. I know. I was like, thank you guys for letting (laughs) me come on here and kind of have a platform. Um, I, I'm a really funny, loving person Mm -hmm. and I am just so appreciative of every day that I get to like live and create and do what I do. And it wouldn't be possible. Like my boyfriend, you know, works and lets me do this freelance and, um, like, uh, you know, it, I wouldn't be able to do this without him either. You know, that and the people who admire my work and tell me good things. And I appreciate like what you've said about my work. Um, I know that technically sometimes it may not always be that perfect crispy shot, but I really just want to make something dreamy, something so different that I don't know. It makes you feel in. good too. Yeah. I kind of like that though. Like I like, I like when I look at somebody's photo and it's like something that I would never have come up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think your, your shoots are personally like, they're very style. Here you go. They're very stylistic to the point where like, I wouldn't be able to recreate them. Like you had to have that thought of like, Oh, I want the makeup this way. I want them wearing this. And this is the kind of like colors in the background that I want. Yeah. That your, 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 your photos are all like, like completely, completely different than mine. And I think that's one thing that I've come to respect and like about photography is that kind of like John said, you can give two people the same camera. They'll never take the same photo. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is very true. I want to just get a disposable throwaway camera and just take some shots and see how they equate, you know. Or say screw mm-hmm. it, just shoot in JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> never edit I your never photos. I never have. And I, I mean, I'm lucky that I had one friend who knew about cameras. He's like, oh my gosh, you got to shoot in raw. And I was yeah. like, all right, thanks. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I just heard people say it and I was like, I don't know what raw means. So I'm just going to keep shooting in JPEG for the longest time. And then I was like, oh, when I fucked up a photo shoot, I was like, that's why you shoot in raw because you can bring shit back. Did I used to work for this wedding photographer and and uh, in California and uh, he shot an entire wedding in JPEG. Oh my god! And he and he blamed it on his assistant. He's like, "You didn't switch it back because he let his assistant use it." He's like, "You didn't switch it back," you know. And I was like, "Bro, first of all, you're the professional <laughs> photographer. You should be checking. You should have been checking that. Yeah, yeah." But uh, do you guys ever get pictures of yourselves taken? Dude, to be honest, like I only, t- I, only I take my photos. Like I don't know what. Yeah, Kim takes my photos too. Yeah. I think that that would really help you with your photography, also. Letting somebody else take your photo. Yeah, because like take I my mean, photo home. you see, you see that like I do muse work and stuff, and I, I just do really creative makeup and everything. But yeah. I have kind of my own style and everything. 
um, that I bring to the table, I guess. But <laughs> I think that's definitely helped me photograph other people. I kind of know that it's a lot of muscle memory because, you know, you'll you'll shoot a model or just a person sometimes mm -hmm. like, what do you want me to do? What should I do? And you're just like, just just be you. That yeah. is really sick. I'm showing Hope a photo that I found on Pinterest and I saved it to my phone because I was like, damn, that's super dope. That looks like the yeah, picture that I posted tight. recently, too. Oh, you, you you did one just like this? Um, the person that I shot had his makeup done like that, but it wasn't my idea. It's a, it's a, if you guys want to know what they're looking at, it's a guy crying crayons. Crying crayons. Wax. Crying crayons. Crayons. No, yeah, it was like it, taken. It's tight also. though. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I, I kind of always wanted to have my photo taken, but I just, I don't know. I've never. You want to be crying crayons? I want to be crying crayons. Let's do it, bro. We could try we'll to shoot whole... someday. We can have like a fun shoot day. I think that would really help bring, I don't know, a different mindset to when you're shooting somebody it mm -hmm. just gives you a different idea and really helps like mm -hmm. it, i don't know i just try to make people feel comfortable i know that not everyone's a pro you know at doing movements and people think that they have to be They're i'm like, super down what pose do you want me to yeah. do what what yeah. are you feeling and i'm kind of just like talking hanging out and i'm like oh you're doing a thing right now all right yeah all right got you because that's how like skate photography or i mean uh filming used to be for me is like i used to do it and i used to film for it so i knew exactly where to go what looks like the best yeah so i guess yeah i should start doing that too start modeling mm -hmm. we're doing yeah. this tonight okay <laughs> let's do it we my, gotta go to rosemary's my nudes. Uh, no i'm not going. I, oh no i'm so sorry i i was like i i figured that's why you wanted me to come earlier i'm like they might want to go party tonight. oh well yeah it's our buddy it's our buddy rosemary's uh 20 26th birthday my, i follow her yeah. on instagram <laughs> yeah she's, she's awesome i'm an ig homie you know hey. I, love, I love rosemary she's you cool. are too kim i was in like your first little group that you created um one of those like photo groups to where you know we'd all like like each other's pictures you talked about oh yeah the, 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 the pod yeah 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 so i started noticing that's why i stopped stopped doing those things because I, I realized it wasn't it wasn't super organic and i wanted to pe i wanted people to like and comment my pictures when they genuinely liked and comment and you know wanted to comment that's why i stopped doing that but uh, i think what you were doing you know there was a good there was a good to intention it to it yeah every, I, wanted people I feel like we deserve you know sometimes a certain audience not even that we deserve but i think that sometimes you know we have good images and we just want it to be seen by more people mm -hmm. and you know we knew that the more comments are on a picture could the, bring you more followers well it's not even just that but it would push you back up to the top of the feed with the yeah. algorithm and everything it's kind of like like facebook like if you comment on a picture that was taken three weeks ago it'll bring it bring back it to back. your feed yeah so it's just one of those things and it's also one of those things that i felt like if it was genuine enough like photographers would actually take the time to look and comment and be, and actually give the true did. feelings about it i yeah. was like i did yeah yeah <laughs> and, and you, you did uh but there was a lot of people that were just kind of like great capture nice pick <laughs> nice pick amazing three emojis <laughs> three fire emojis <laughs> no thank you so much for having me you guys thank you for yeah, being on for I'm, being I'm like on. a fan so i'm like oh well, thank you we're your biggest flans. <laughs> what? I just, made a, I just made a joke from the office. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll post all your information down below in the description for iTunes and Spotify. Chuck, you better shut up <laughs> right now, bro. Uh, and that way people can find you. But do you want to tell people where they can find you on the, on the internet right now? Oh, do I look there? Do I look here? You can look, look anywhere. You can look at, yeah. This is your um, camera. So I have my own website, hopeyouwantkenobi.com. If you wanted to see my actual full profile or portfolio of, what i do um instagram and twitter is hope you want kenobi nothing crazy there and that's kind of about it i just do things differently i guess i tell people i try to capture things seen in dreams something to where you're just like hmm makes you think yeah 
Thank you so much for being on. Thank well, you. Like, like I said, we'll post all your, all your information down in the description down below uh, that people can find you. Uh, but yeah, until next time, this has been the morning dinner, and we'll catch you guys in the Later, next one. Y'all. Peace out. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry.